Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Well, what do you do after that? I'm going to have my wife come up here. She's going to be, you may be seated. We need a buffer here to come between me and the sermon after all of this. God bless her. Well, it's great to be at Hatchbend and to be with my friends, and I call all of you friends. When I come here, the very first time I came here, I felt right at home, and um, that's not an easy feat for a pastor's wife of another church to come to another church and feel at home. Um, I know this has been a very trying time for the whole church, but also for the pastor, because he is the shepherd. And the shepherd looks after the sheep. Um, And so we feel it is our privilege as their friend to come here and lift them up as much as possible. And um, I don't always greet the congregation. And I think this is the first time I've ever greeted you. Um, But this morning, I felt that I should greet you. And um, now my church would say, oh, yeah, Sister McGuire, she's going to greet us. (laughs) Because I have things I'm going to say. But... um, (laughs) Because that is my personality. Um, But I don't presume to do that at someone else's church. Um, But today, if I don't even, if I just encourage one person, I feel like God has given me just a little nugget to give you. So um, I am a grandmother. Um, That is the biggest privilege that I think I've ever had is being a grandmother. Thank you. All grandmothers, praise the Lord. Um, Um, I have, actually, I'm, we're having a, a sixth one in, in August. We're excited. So then it'll be even three boys, three girls. But I have a boy and a girl, um, Sylvie and Cohen, that live in Ohio. And we get to keep them, sometimes, about two weeks. And if we're lucky, three, during the summer. And this past summer, um, Sylvie, who was four at that time, she um, we were playing make-believe. And she says... I always get on the floor and I play whatever they want to play. At Mimi's house, whatever they want, they can have. If they want ice cream for breakfast, they get ice cream for breakfast. My son says, Mama, you always sugar them up and then send them right home. I said, yep, (laughs) that's what grandparents do. But Sylvie said to me, Mimi, I'm the mom and you're the kid. I was like, okay, I'll be the kid. And um, so she leans over and whispers in my ear. She said, you're a good kid. You need some candy. (laughs) And I thought, you know, isn't that just like a kid to want the good things? And as kids of God, sometimes we only want the good things. Um, But our Heavenly Father knows exactly what we need when we need it. And sometimes when we're going through a hard time, I'm trying not to preach a message because pastor has the message. Pastor McGuire does. Um, But, you know, we wonder, does God know where I'm at? 
And I've been at those places, and I was at a place many, many, many moons ago. Um, for those that are curious, I turned 60 last year. It was a very hard transition. But, <laughs> but many, many moons ago, when I was 31, the Lord gave me a, a passage of scripture that I've held on to every day, pretty much, but mostly during the hard times. Because sometimes you wonder, does God know where I'm at? And why is this happening? And why me, God? And all of us as humans have done that. Um, but God gave me this scripture one morning when I woke up. And I'll tell you, God doesn't speak to me a lot. But when he does, he has to speak to me like about four or five times. Like, hello, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Are y'all like that? Because I'm like that. I'm like, are you sure, God? You know? Um, but he's, he gave me this scripture, and I wrote it on an index card that I still have. It's pretty worn. It's in one of my other Bibles. But it's Jeremiah 29, 11, and I know you've heard it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And you're thinking, well, what does that have to do with me? Because right now, you can't see what God has in store for you. Because all you can see is the storm around you. But God has a plan. And this, all this is in his plan. And he wants to prosper you and not to harm you. And he's giving you a hope because there is a tomorrow. And another tomorrow. And another tomorrow. And through it all, Brother Chris said it so succinctly today. He is going to be with you. He is faithful. And the other day I felt led to send my good friend, whom I call my sister friend, um, is, which is your lovely wife, um, which a, a little song is called Great is Your Faithfulness. <clears throat> and the, the verses, I'm not going to sing the song. Believe me, I'm not going to sing the song. But the chorus says, lift your head. Morning is coming. There's more to the story. Don't forget, in grief and in glory, still great is your faithfulness. And um, the bridge says, wait on him, which we as humans have a problem with that. Wait on him, rest in him, come find your peace again. Trust in him, hope in him, for great is his faithfulness. I'm praying for you guys, and I love you. And I'm in. That's the end of my message. Well, you've just witnessed the first time that my wife has ever asked to do that. <laughs> I would say the first time, uh, you know, at another church. And I don't think she's ever asked to do it at our church. So, no, this was a first. And so when she said, I, I really would like to say something, I thought, eh, she needs to come up here and say something. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful today for good friends and your pastor and wife are some of the best, and you know that. Um, I just, I thank God for their steadfastness. I'm thankful that uh, one day he came up and said, hey, I want to be your friend. And uh, that's how some friendships are started. And over the years, it's just been such a rich relationship. And uh, now he is uh, 
my superintendent, and our relationship hasn't changed too much. There may be a few things I'd kind of pull back and not say and discuss because he's the superintendent of the district. <laughs> no, really, uh, y'all know the treasure that you have in your leaders. And our church, uh, they would love for the roles to re be reversed and them be preaching at our church today. And perhaps they will soon, as he has often. And uh, they love hearing him preach and they love your pastor's wife. Amen. And if I were to have my way today, I wouldn't be preaching this sermon. I just, um, I really do feel led to this. Um, and there's so many other directions I think I could go and it would be appropriate. But I just, this is what the Lord laid on my heart um, before I ever left the house to come here. And I've never, Brother Boyd would know I would never uh, presume to insert myself into someone's Sunday service. But when I told my wife and I said, you know, I, I think we should go there. And she had already been thinking it and I'd been thinking it. And, um, and the grape salad thing was just letting them know, hey, we're dropping by. <laughs> and they both thought we were joking. And from then on, it, they realized we were serious about it. And, and I was coming here feeling like and, and, and never ever has it ever happened like that to me, but feeling like I would be preaching at this church today. But it's just I knew the weight of, of this weekend. And, uh, and I, we were privileged to be here for the service. And it's so awesome to get to know that side of the story and the, 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 just the wonderful uh, presence of this couple in your church. And so those are the things that, you know, we, we have just kind of skimmed and, and learned. But as I begin to ask the Lord for direction, um, this is kind of one of those things I went back and said, are you sure? And honestly, God don't always tell you what to preach. I, not me. I, I, I'm not that spiritual. Because um, if I got a really good sermon, I'm going to preach that really good sermon. But I've already preached my really good sermon here, probably the last time I was here. So, you know, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't know what I preached. Oh, James chapter 5 and verse 14 through 18. James 5, 14 through 18. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by space of Three years and six months. And again, he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. He prayed and, and then um, he prayed again. And my title today is He Prayed Again. I'm really glad that people pray. I am, I, I am glad for the opportunity to pray. But I'm really 
more glad when I can pray again. It's not always going to be that one prayer, that one touch. But we need to pray and be ready to pray again. Because we can pray and say, I've prayed. And so I would like us to pray today again before I get started and ask God's blessings on this. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking today that you would touch hearts and minds and touch, Lord, this body generally. And I pray, Father, that there be comfort here today. Lord, that there be a grasp of understanding of your divine purpose in your divine hand. But Lord, let your will be done among all things and beyond all things, God, even in, perhaps in spite of things. Lord, let your will be done today. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And when he said, is there any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Pray over them, anointing them with oil. And, and when we think of those kind of prayers, we understand them. We've been there. Our children have been there. And we've prayed those prayers for our children. But it's because that prayer is how we get everything that we need so that we can be what we need to be. So it's not a prayer only of a sick child. It's a prayer of the interview on that job we have tomorrow. We've prayed for those things. Had a young man years ago in our church in Fort Lauderdale and he came to me and said, I, I, I really need that job tomorrow. And he didn't finish high school. He was working literally in the basement mail room of American Express. He said, but I've got a chance to get higher. And he said, if you would just, you know, pray. And I said, no, no, you, you need to pray. I said, tomorrow you need to find a place to pray before the interview and that job is yours. Now, it's kind of bold, but I felt like he had an advantage, and I've always felt if I'm asking for a job or something, I've got an advantage if they're not praying as hard as I'm praying. He came back the next Sunday. He said, I got the job. He said, I, 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 I was on my way to the interview, and I, and I was going upstairs to it, and I couldn't find a place to pray, and, and I went to this room, and it was locked. He said, but I was able to pick the lock and break into that room and shut the door, and I prayed, and he said, God gave me the job. I said, wow, in spite of the criminal activity, you got the job. <laughs> Coincidentally, he is the policeman that caught the young man at that school shooting in Fort Lauderdale. He's the cop that apprehended him. He's done, done good with his life uh, in spite of his larceny and such. He's done well. So I, I'm not here to condone breaking and entering in order to pray. But I'm ordering or I'm condoning breaking through as you pray. Amen. Because I believe that that is the one main thing that stands between us and whatever the great next step is that we're going to take. Amen. I, I believe in prayer like nothing else. I mean, to me, if we pray, we can have everything. And if I don't understand what's going on, I can pray for understanding and God will give me understanding. If the future looks a little bit vague, I can say, God, sharpen the focus of the future a little bit so that I can pray and you can give me direction in my prayer. And so much of what I pray about is saying, God, help me to pray the right way. Pray that you can pray. Pray for that entrance, pray for that job, pray for whatever it is and, and pray and then pray again. You know, God saves us. Thank the Lord he does. Even, and God blessed me with the wife that I prayed for. 
And I, I, I thank God that, that whenever we need things, there's, a, there's perhaps a, a mountain you feel like you gotta climb, but when you begin to go for, before that mountain in prayer, God will help you get up on that high place because prayer will do anything and God does, does all things through prayer and I thank God for it. But he doesn't give us perfect lives. We, we have to pray our way through this world. If you look around at your limitations and imperfections, what you're seeing are prayer opportunities, opportunities for the power and the glory of God to work in your life. And so it's never gonna be a perfect life, but it's always gonna be a life with the chance of a perfect praying opportunity and God will come through for you. See, James is saying we need to share our struggles and pray one for another so that we can be healed. And I believe there is healing that we don't always understand the aspect of it. We think healing is about sickness, but healing can be about getting on the right track. I need God to heal my vision and let me see things in a spiritual realm. I need God to hear what I'm saying and understand that if I need to be adjusted in my attitude, Lord, by all means, adjust my attitude. Heal me in that regard, God. Heal me, Lord, if I'm seeing the wrong things and imagining the wrong things. If I have the wrong goals, heal me God and let me have the right goals in my life amen many are the afflictions of the righteous in Psalm 34 19 many are the afflictions but the Lord saves him out of them all amen that's what I believe that whenever I've got something that's in my way an obstacle that I'm not able to push through then I need God to heal the situation and come through and allow me to extend my hand and grasp a hold of what God has set before me and he set before you I feel that as God's people we give up too easy sometimes and I am telling you that from experience I have not been uh, you know uh, I have not I don't have a higher education but I have a degree in learning how to pray wrong but finding my way around to correcting it and praying right I've learned how to pray against the will of God but then I've learned how to find where the will of God was because I prayed again. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep it. It's good to train your kids that way, but we got to graduate from that. <laughs> it's not that simple because life is not that simple. Life can get difficult and complicated. Many of us parents, we've carried that fevered child in our arms while praying for that fever to break. We've prayed for their sickness and, and later we've, we've prayed for their salvation maybe at an altar and you may be thinking back on those times when you carried that sick child and now you've, you're standing behind a group and we're trying to reach through a crowd because they've made their way to an altar and we're thankful. We were worried about them. They were kind of out there on a wayward path and you're saying, God, please answer this prayer. This one's so much more important than when they were wanting to be a, a uh, praying that now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Lord, now they're up in the world. They've got opportunities. They can make wrong decisions. They can move to a different part of the country. We can lose contact with them. But now I'm saying, God, reach out and touch my daughter. Touch my son, Lord. Let them come through and speaking in tongues one more time. Uh, you gotta pray. And then the Lord is saying, go back and pray again. Don't just walk away from that situation. And if we do it right, those babies will grow up watching us pray about the many things we have need of. My daughter asked my wife one time when we, they were, you know, the kids were little. She said, Mom, why did I always hear Dad after we'd go to bed walking around talking? 
And, and she said, honey, that's when dad could pray at night because he worked full-time job. And when you kids went to bed, then before you went to sleep, you'd hear him walking. And we had a little uh, house with a one walkway that I could go back and forth and, 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 and walk. And I have to walk and pray. And it's just, if I stop, it's like my brain stops. And I just, I have to walk. And it, even if I'm thinking of something, it's not all just prayer. I, to think, I got to walk. And uh, I, I was praying for our, our church. We were trying to buy the building, not the one we have now, but the first one. And we needed a building. <laughs> and I was getting my tire changed onto my van. And, and I, I, I mean, it was crunch time. Are they going to give us this loan? And it was, we were going to get it from a, the Presbyterians of the Florida district, of what, however it was. And I was wanting them to allow us. And seven other churches was wanting that church building. And so I, I, I thought, I'm going to look silly out here walking and talking in, in this parking lot. So I took my cell phone and I put it up to my ear so I would look. Maybe that's too much pride, but I, they could pick me up for just walking around and, and talking. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, talking, and I'm waving my hand, and, and I was animated, and, and I'm praying, and, and God answered the prayer. I don't know if it's just that prayer, but I felt like it had a little a bit of extra to it just for the fact that I was doing everything I could to try to look normal, but it, I, I was far from normal. But it was the place to pray. It's all I had, and, and I'll tell you that, Folks, if you can just get to a place. Church, listen, it's just not just praying. It's not just telling God, but it's saying, Lord, I've prayed, but I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna pray again. There's another dimension when you go back to God. You say, I know you heard me the first time. I know, God, that you were there the first time, but I'm coming back again. I may say the same thing, but I just won't say it again because I want my prayer answered, Lord, and you're the one that's gonna answer my prayer. You're the God that I'm leaning on, and I'm leaning on nothing else but you, Lord. Nothing but Jesus, nothing but Jesus, nothing but Jesus. I'm, not, I'm preaching today to you about a higher dimension of prayer, not louder, not bigger words, but prayer that when it is prayed is built on a foundation of understanding the power that is built into that prayer. It's not me that I'm a powerful prayer warrior. It's the fact that built into prayer, it is the way that God does things. It's what he's able to do, amen. When we can pray with our faith believing, get ready to expect the answer that God is gonna give you. Help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us, Lord. You see, you see all those Amazon vehicles running around. That's because people has ordered stuff. And, and we've supported many of those vans at our household. Just order it, set there and order it rather than get up and go to a store that might or might not have it. And there's things, my wife was like, you know, I can order this and have it here today. I said, that's awesome, go ahead. We can't go drive somewhere and get it today. And so there they are running around and I've often seen those, those vans driving and I thought, that's just like God's messengers. That's God bringing, bringing the answer to somebody. There, there's one parked at that house. There's another one parked at that. It's two in the same neighborhood. That's two people that ordered and got something at the very same time. Isn't that amazing? And there's this constant flow of these vans driving around and some of them are rental trucks because they don't even have enough of the vans, but they're getting the message there. They're delivering, making those deliveries because somebody, somebody's been ordering, somebody's been online. I wanna tell you a powerful church and this church is a powerful church. I, you folks have been online 
line. You've got a connection. You've been talking to him. You've been lifting him up, amen. You've gone through a downtime. You've gone through the sadness of loss, but in that sadness of loss, you've got a hold of a God who is able to lift this church up, amen. You're gonna get through it. You're gonna get past it, and you're gonna turn around and look at the day and the sadness of that day and understand it was a downtime, but God brought us past it, amen. Oh, I know the Herndon family is not feeling it right now. It's that sadness, it's that drawing down, but there's gonna come a time that there's gonna be an updraft. There's gonna be a strong arm of God that's gonna lift. It's gonna lift and you're gonna come through all of this because he is a prayer answering God. He answers your prayers. In our text today, the word effectual and fervent, they mean pretty much the same thing. It's just saying it twice to make it more of a, of a, of a powerful statement. The effectual, fervent prayers, it's a Greek word that means sincere. The sincere, sincere prayers. But making it effectual and fervent, the writer was just clever in using two ways to say the same word there. And intensity can create volume and cause some arm waving and almost drop your cell phone sometimes when you're faking out everybody that's watching you. See, the emotional part, that's our reaction. And I know God loves it when we do anything with feeling and emotion. We, we, I mean, that's what we are, apostolics. It's all about the emotion of it, the feeling of it. And, and, and we're on that level of just giving God all that we've got but praying toward a different feeling is necessary. I mean, I, this is just practical, but we pray and we do want to feel the presence of God. I have prayed through seasons and so have you where you didn't feel anything. And I've seen people just jump and shouting at a service and I don't feel nothing, I feel nothing. But I knew I was in a season. God's just, he takes you through times of testing. He takes you through times of testing. I've, I want to explain something uh, quickly. I don't want to get into deep detail about it, but a friend of mine's dad had retired, and he said he, he makes more money after he retired, which a lot of these guys in the oil business and such do that, and, and he himself is doing that now. But he said, my dad would, started heat testing welds on, on stainless pipe. And, and he would wrap it in these blankets and he said he'd go out there and out in the field and, and it, it's all day, all night thing and, and you have to heat that thing up slowly, slowly. I think it was 12 hours to heat up to 1600 degrees. Then it maintained 1600. Then it has to go down 12 hours from that 1600. It has to cool down. He said and it, what it causes to happen is that stainless weld on that pipe, that pipe's going to be carrying you know, oil, precious oil. He said so in that pipe, he said that, that weld has to be complete. He said but for that weld to have the same uh, uh, qualities, uh, molecular structure as the stainless pipe. The weld has to be heated up with the pipe at the same degree and maintained and then cooled down. And it's called heat testing. And he was out there just, he said he has to stay all night, has to have a helper out there and they have to monitor those welds and then go to another weld. 
The thing that God does with us sometimes is he lets us go through things that for us are uncomfortable. And in that motion and in that, that, that hand of God that reaches into those that part of us that causes us to have to strain a little bit, causes our prayer to kind of hit another volume, what he's doing is saying, it's not just about my hand that's on your life, but I'm doing something through you and I'm doing something to you. You're getting to a different level in your prayer, the intensity of your prayer it's not just about volume but it's saying there's everything in me Lord I'm reaching down and I'm offering it up to you because this one is different than that one Lord and I'm gonna change me and now the thing I'm praying for the thing that I'm, I'm asking God to help that situation is gonna come back and begin to build in me a faith that I didn't have when I started praying for it so it becomes a partnership the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much it avails much you'll walk away different than you've ever been you will be changed forever because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much it's necessary that we pray different and towards a, 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 different, a different hope and a different place that hope precedes greater faith in what we're believing for so don't tie your faith just to, to volume or emotion, but put your faith in God's design for your prayer to change things. Acts 12 and one through five, now about this time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And we still have spiritual warfare that deals in these same kind of things. Then he killed the brother of John with the sword and because he saw that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was in the, during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quads of soldiers to keep him intended to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. He's in prison. 16 soldiers are guarding him. He's not going nowhere. But there was a house full of saints praying for a man to be released from death row. A house full, that could have been eight people. The houses weren't big in those days. It could have been 16. It could have been, you know, double that. But it just said a house of people. Folks that was going to pray there until. You know, and really, we could surmise that no single individual had faith in Peter's release. Now, this is important to grasp. I have prayed for things that by myself, I had my doubts. I had my faith. Lord, I know you can do all things. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no way. I'm just being honest with you. We, the older we get, we get better at grasping hold of the mechanism of life. And we look at a situation and we're like, there's no way. I have a nephew that was going down for many, many years in prison and his dad stood before a judge. He had been caught with marijuana and things and he'd, just, he'd lived a bad life, pastor's son. And my brother-in-law went before the judge. He goes, can I just say something? And he began to tell the judge, he said, I've pastored the church and we left that church, went pastored another church. And then, then he said, you know, we, we went through this and went through that. He said, and my son has been drug around. He said, I'm just asking you, man. He goes, as a father, I feel the weight on my shoulders. He said, if you, I just believe that you could just give him mercy this time. 
while he was standing before the judge at my brother's church in Texas, prayer was being made. One of my nieces, she said, I had to leave and leave the, house, leave the church because I needed to go somewhere where I could pray in, in the Holy Ghost. And she said, I got a hold of God. She began to pray in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost. And meanwhile, my brother-in-law's in before that judge and it, there was no hope. There was zero hope. This kid was going down for several years. And that judge looked at him and said, sir, I have never done this before, but I, you've touched me and you've been honest with me. I'm releasing your son and your son, it can go home free he better watch out he better never get arrested for even a ticket or he's going to go back to prison but as of right now your son he's got what he needs and he went into a church in Euless Texas and he was walking down the aisle or about to and the pastor went down there brother I can't remember the man's name right now and he went down there and he just drew a line and he said, I'm drawing a line in the sand. He said, some of you need to come across this line. And my nephew went down there and he just made it obvious. Raised his hands, began to speak in tongues. God took him. Just weeks later, drunk driver went up the own ramp of a highway in Dallas and hit a car in front of him and that car come up and flipped upside down on top of him taking his life <laughs> but he made it my sister and her husband they cried and they cried and they cried but while they were crying they kept saying but thank God he made it thank God we touched the Lord we touched heaven for him he made it he made it he made it he made it Oh, I'm thankful to God for every trial that we go through and every tear that we cry. But because there's some things out there that we can't get on our own, but we gotta learn to pray that prayer of faith, that rising above of prayer that gets a hold of God. Something a little different to meet up with something that's a little more difficult. Whenever Simon got to that prayer room, think about this. He gets to that prayer meeting that got him released and the one who answered the door says, there's no way this is Peter. It looks like him, but it can't be him because he's locked up behind 16 soldiers and here we are praying for him to be released, but this can't be him at the door. Have you ever seen an answer to your prayer and you've been praying it for years and you can't believe that's the answer? There's no way it was gonna happen. How in the world is it that God allows us to pray for something we can't even believe is gonna happen? I'm so thankful that we're able to get together because where I'm a little weak, you're a little strong. Where you're weak, your brother, sister's a little strong and we learn to pray the prayer of faith. A little from me, a little from you, but all together we get Peter out of prison and he's able to stand at the door and say, just let me in. I'm the answered prayer that you've been praying for. Parents, do not give up on your children. Just keep praying and get somebody to pray with you. Wives, don't give up on your husbands that are not here yet. Just keep on praying and then go back and pray again. It's easy. It's easy when somebody says, hey, could you remember this in prayer? I know it's, this is one of our faults. Hey, we're, I'm praying for you. How many of us have said that? Hey, I'm praying for you. 
And if we, if, if it was one of those things to where we had to tell the truth and you know, we just couldn't control our words. I'm praying for you, but actually I just said that. I'm not gonna ever pray about that situation because I'm actually gonna forget it because I'm about to get in the car and go deal with some other situations. What if the truth just came spilling out? Hey man, I got you in my heart. I'm gonna be praying for y'all. I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm not gonna pray at all because I'm gonna forget about it. No, I, I realize I, I, that's only two or three percent of you that, you know, most of us, we're, we do go and pray for them. And truth be told, during a prayer meeting, those names will come to us and we'll pray. We know that. I'm not trying to just cast away all prayers and make you think nobody's praying for you. Don't, don't be included in all of this. But we all have made that mistake. I've caught myself going back and, and somebody says in, the, in a prayer request, be sure and remember sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. I'm like, oh my goodness. Forgive me, Lord, because I was supposed to pray for them. Lord, touch them in Jesus' name right now. Okay, then I, I'm, does that really help? <laughs> That's getting into an area there. I'm not trying to be a pastor, but we do know that we are very capable of saying, I'm praying, and that eases us enough to walk away. Is anyone among you suffering? James 5.13, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. He, if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Anyone among you suffering, sick, trespassing. See, we live in a world as we serve God. You get invited into and set up with the wonderful path of righteousness that we walk down. But it's a path where Prayer is so needed. When we're living for God right, we walk down a path where prayer is really needed. Daily, daily needs always pull up before us. We can easily drift even on blessings from past prayers and find ourselves far from our divine purpose. You know, that job we prayed for can e easily take us away from prayer. One of the most uh, difficult things that for young people when they grow up, I was one, is, is to pray for God to give me that job. And you get a job and the job keeps you from being close to the God that you prayed for to get the job. And God knows that we have to learn to receive the blessing, to receive the job and fit prayer into our day for the job that we prayed for God to give us. We've gotta learn that we pray to the same God. And that's, a, a, I know those are the beginning stages of adulthood and, and really truly growing in prayer and growing into men and women of God who can pray. But those are great lessons for us to learn as young people. 
that Lord, if I prayed for you to give me the job and, and that I could have that automobile and that I could have that raise or that position, then I've got to go back to that God and not just for 9-11 calls, but I've got to go back and say, Lord, I don't really have a need, but I just want to offer praise up to my God. Lord, if I don't have anything to pray for, then I've got a lot of things to be praising you for. And so we got to go back and let something come out of our mouth. And, and if you can't pray anything, pray this say God keep me in a place where I need to go to you in prayer on a daily basis because I don't want to ever get away from prayer because that space that I leave between me and prayer something's going to land there it might be overtime it might be a compliment that drew me into a circle of friends that I didn't need to be with so many things growing up as a young person in the church wasn't easy and I didn't knock home runs ever you know, I, I struggled too. I, I, I tried my best. I was in a church where sometimes I was the young, the youth group. And, and it, it, it just, you know, when you're the youth group, you don't have a lot to hang out with. And then it'd be like, I'd, we'd, we'd get a wave of people and there'd be youth there and we'd, we'd have fun. And, but I'll tell you what, when I got my license to drive, I couldn't wait to drive to camp. I couldn't wait to drive. I'd go to, I went to district conference just because there might be some young people hanging out there. Three and a half hours drive because just, just hang out with some of God's people because I didn't fit in with the other group. But you know, there's in that, I went to a, a youth camp class. My, mother, my wife's uncle, Malcolm Seal, my father-in-law's twin brother, he just taught a lesson on prayer. He said, guys, y'all want to add some meat to your prayer? Just pray an outline of the Lord's Prayer. And I, have, I teach that every year at our church. It, it just added bulk where a prayer would take about seven minutes. All of a sudden, I was praying. And it's not about, I know, it's not about the time, but it's about the substance of what we're praying about. Something to draw me forward, to pray and pray again. Pray and pray again. It's easy to insulate ourselves uh, from spiritual needs. Just, you know, we, we, we can sow seeds to our flesh desires and we're going to reap, reap those same things but get tangled up in some momentary sideshow and you'll see how quickly peace is replaced by trouble and that trouble is God's love saying, come back to me because I need you to come here to where I can talk to you and commune with you and you with me and you can understand this relationship is not going to be based on emergency 9-11 calls. It's going to be based on you got to love me in the good times you got to pray in the good times and in the bad times you're going to know that you were there yesterday when it was good you can pray today when things are going topsy-turvy you're going to be able to get a hold of a God and come to him with boldness that we're going to approach his throne with gladness we approach his throne we're going to learn to pray but then we're going to learn to pray again even when we don't have something that's pressing harsh against us Elijah went up where the need was. There was a, a dearth of godliness and worship. The people had been led towards Baal worship and you know, gods with little g, zero power to help anyone. And Elijah prayed and then he prayed again. He prayed, then he prayed again. And he saw a small sign that he was on the right track. Go check and see, go check and see. Well, there's this cloud, it's, it's a little cloud. 
He said, all right, I think that's what we're asking for because I have faith in my prayer. That prayer, that little cloud is exactly what I was looking for. That's not a rain cloud, but it's a cloud and it can turn into a rain cloud. We gotta get down because God is, God is about to bless and God honored his activity when he turned around and started running down the mountain. That cloud turned into a storm cloud and the rains came and God answered his prayer. Sometimes we just need to let out the clutch and put it in gear and go ahead had a what do what God was gonna have us to do in the first place. Get ready to receive the blessing. Get ready to tell somebody the testimony. My God is hearing my prayer. My God is doing the work, amen. I may not see it with my eyes, but I know it in my heart and I'm gonna act in faith and I'm gonna go down the mountain and get ready for phase two. God help us today. He prayed until he saw a sign. We don't, we don't experiment with prayer. We experience prayer and I'm thankful for that. Effective, fervent prayer avails much. Effective, fervent. It's easy to pray in here. We have such nice music. And your church, this church, brother, has awesome talent. Just talent, layers of talent. And great singers and worship singers and, and musicians. And, 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 and you got the best pastor in the state and beyond. And we love this church. But this is just a great atmosphere always is and so there's the ability of this church to just one thing to lead to another one prayer to lead to another and this spirit of worship just is always just hovering in this house so pastor no, I'm not a pastor you know I am a pastor but not your pastor you, you understand though when, when I'm at my church I'm always saying that word so Pastor's friend, are you telling us that there's something wrong that we need to do? No. All I'm doing is lifting up that awesome opportunity of prayer. Just reminding us today. It's, it's, it's truly the answer to everything. It is truly the answer to everything. Effective, sincere prayer is unstoppable. Prayer can stop anything and, and nothing can stop prayer. See, Elijah prayed again. Is it? He just prayed that part there. He prayed again. Lord, I'm here again. Instead of, Lord, you probably don't remember me. I was here at my last trial, my last situation. I was here. We were talking, you remember? And I promised you all kind of things. I don't even remember what all it was. <laughs> I don't want to have to pray those prayers to God. I want to say, here I am again, Lord. I don't really have much other than praise. See, you know, if, if, if I can line up those prayers for stuff to work out, Lord, answer my prayers. Give me order in my life where I need order. If I can, if I can pray enough of those prayers, then I'm going to be able to have some of those that says, God, you know, right now, I, I don't really have any needs. I just want to give you praise. I just want to praise you, God. I want there, there, there needs to be time where there's just praise coming from our lips. If you've got grown kids and they're out of town, you'd like them to call you sometimes when they don't have a problem. What's wrong? Oh, nothing. Who good. Are you kidding? You like to hear from them when things are going just good. But I know that I have left many unanswered prayers on the delivery room floor. 
when overcome with emotion, we pray earnestly. But when the feeling passes, it's, it's very tempting to move over to something more pressing. It really is. I, I'm being honest with you. I have left prayers there and just I didn't push that final time. Everything has a price. And Elijah, he had seen the fire from God consume his sacrifice, but now the matter at hand was to pray for God to, to send rain. And after 42 months of drought, think about that. God was still requiring prayer as the means to bring an end to it all. Same thing, it's just gonna be prayer. It's just, at the end of the day, it's a man just kneeling down and praying. It's just that God said it's the same currency, same thing. You can't counterfeit it. You just gotta kneel down and pray. Amen. We, we know prayer is the key. We know it's the answer to our needs. And, and you know, we, we pray, and the, but, but, but I, I fear for myself that I have often prayed for that need. And it might have been a need that the, the more distant from me it is, the less apt I am to go grab it again. But, but when I pray, I've just got to remind myself, sir, you need to go back and pray again. The same thing. You can say the same words, but just be sure that you don't just leave it there and walk away and say, I brush my hands from it. I'm good to go. No, go back to that same thing and say, I don't think we're done, Lord. I want to pray again about that loved one. I want to pray again about that job situation. I want to pray again about the church. I want to pray again, Lord, that your hand would move in my family. You would move in my relatives. I just got to pray, but then I got to remember that it's so very important to go back to God and pray again that second time, that third time. You don't know what power might be in that and what God may leverage in your life because you went back and you prayed one more time. You prayed again, you prayed again. It's a great temptation to pull back when the pain eases a little bit, to move back to our previous activity when the sky's clear, but praying is waiting there for us to engage once again. Prayer is saying, come on back, come on back, I'm still here. Just go ahead and plug in again because I can do something. I will tell you, we, we have all, you've all seen people come into the church and, and get baptized and filled and then they, if they don't get connected to prayer, they gotta be connected to the body and we do good about that and get them involved in a group, get them involved in some people that can do things with them and, and, and let them grow in the Lord but they have got to, first of all, understand they've gotta have a relationship of prayer with God. If they don't ever have a relationship, they will die on the vine. They can sit right here on the front row and if you don't have a prayer relationship, you will die. The enemy is walking about seeking whom he may devour and he's gonna devour the one that has not covered themselves with prayer. You can have family all around you, but you gotta have prayer in the middle of that relationship. It is so needed, it is so needed, it is so needed. Our tomorrows are waiting. Our futures are waiting. Our purpose in God is hanging in the balance. Depending on what we do with our blank canvas of prayer that God has assigned to us, Lord, what am I gonna do with this canvas that I have here. When I was young, I used to love to, you know, when I'd open a shirt, I may not be excited about the shirt, but in that shirt was a white piece of cardboard. And it was just, I loved getting just a white clean slate to draw on. And I even had a tablet one time and it was just white drawing paper. And I, you know, I, I was a terrible artist. I couldn't draw, you couldn't tell what it was. I drew, tried to draw a picture of a horse and I thought it looked like a horse. And I said, Dad, look at this. And he's like, what is that? And when he said, what is it? I thought, well, I'm not that good. <laughs> you can't tell that was a horse. You know, I, I thought I had perfected at least the first half of that horse. And Dad's upside down with the picture. I realized I'm not good at that. 
doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep drawing. I was drawing on my desk one day in school. You know, you could draw it and then you just, you know, a little spit, rub it off. And I was drawing on my desk. And his friend, Scott Freddie, this was like junior high, eighth grade or something like that. He started drawing on my desk and drawing race cars like you're looking down on them. And it, I mean, it was amazing. What, what, he's one of them naturals that just drew. And you could tell exactly what it was. And, 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 he, and he had the track going to the end of the desk. And then he got on the floor and he started drawing race car pieces where they were, had fallen off and, and, and they, were, they had crashed. And I thought, I, I'm, I gotta quit. Because look at this guy on a desk has drawn a masterpiece. And it's and, and, and just an amazing, all the debris on the floor down there and he's drawing tires and axles and bodies. And, wow. I didn't draw on my desk after that because... Da Vinci, whatever, I wasn't one of them. I wasn't a Van Gogh. I just, I thought, you know, I just can't draw. I like to do it, but I, I'm not good at it. And I tell you, I painted houses. You don't have to be that good to do it at first. If you want to get paid, you got to be good. But, you know, you, anybody can roll a house. You can, you can put paint on a house. But to be good at it, to make money, you've got to be able to but take some time and learn how to cut in and, and, and admit the mistakes and so forth. You, you can't do it one time and think you're going to retire. You've you got to go back again and again. So here's the thing. God knows when I pray. And this is very, very, to me, it, it, it kind of, it reflected my early years. But God knows when I pray if I'm going to be back again tomorrow. He already knows that. Think about it for a moment. When I pray to God, he knows if that's a one-off or if I'm binding myself to that situation. So what I got to do when I pray, I say, God, I'm praying about this and I'm going to pray until I get a release. But if I get it, if you bless me today, I'll be thanking you in prayer tomorrow. See what I got to do, not for, not for God, I got to do it for me. I got to go ahead and, and, and promise myself I'm going to be back tomorrow because I fear that we've left many blessings hanging out there, fruit on the trees, low hanging, and we've left it because we just didn't go back again. And I'll tell you, when, if, if I don't go tomorrow, then that third day is just, it, something's going to fall into that place and I won't be able to feel the need to go back to God you have to bind yourself to your need connect with prayer like you're getting in a theme park ride arms and legs inside the car buckle yourself in because this is a ride that you're not going to forget I'm ready Lord to get on and not get off until I'm done I'll get on Lord and I'll get off whenever it comes to a complete stop I'll know God you're saying "All right, it's good you can leave now when we pray, it's a spiritual thing. You're being led and guided by the Holy Ghost. God is leading you. He's picking you up. He's doing something for you. Brother Herndon, there's so many people holding you up in prayer. I'm, I can't say as a visiting minister, you know, I may pray for you. This, I'm going to be praying for him, and he doesn't need to know that. 
But my wife and I, we both, we're going to be praying for the family and we'll be praying for this church. But I already know enough about us that I don't have to bind myself to some oath. I'm going to be praying for you. Have been and will do. Because I learned the hard way. Being open and honest with you, I learned the hard way that when I tell God, Lord, I'm going to be praying and Lord, I commit myself to this and to this. If I didn't do what I said I'd do, God would put me in a circumstance that made me wish I had stuck with my plan. Because he, he, will, he knows how to cause us to pray. And I would much rather choose the situations to pray for than be pressed into a need to have to pray. I probably say more about prayer than any other thing because it is the answer to everything. It is the answer to everything. Connect with it like it's the best thing you can get a hold of because it truly is the best thing you can get a hold of. Now, in closing, the effectual fervent, two Greek words pronounced energumene, it means energetic. Both words mean the exact same thing. It means it is fitted to produce an effect. Effectual fervent means that prayer is fitted to produce an effect. That's what it's for. So your prayer is not just, I lay me down to sleep, but it's got words and it's got faith in it. It's got emotion in it because your prayer that you're praying, effectual and fervent, it means it is fitted. That prayer is fitted. It's developed to produce change. To make something happen. It will happen with effectual fervent prayer. Amen. I'm thankful today that God has given us the ability today that whenever we pray, as you all stand, whenever we pray and we pray effectual and we pray fervent, that it is fitted to produce the effect that we're asking for. And God is so able and willing to, to do what we've asked him to do because we've prayed in the spirit and we've prayed in Jesus' name and we've named what we've prayed for. And then when we get up, we turn around to a world that we have to believe that world we turn around and face is not the world we faced when we knelt to pray but when we turn around the world is different that we live in our life our families are going to be different because we prayed effectual fervent prayer we named it by name we called them out and we said Lord fill them with the Holy Ghost heal their children give us victory Lord where we're stumbling build us up on our leaning side and when we pray like that our God is going to come through and he's going to change your life he'll change your world and you will be a testimony and your prayers are going to build a testimony thank God for the process of being bound being bound to the prayers being bound there's nothing like prayer there's nothing that matches the power of prayer. Nothing matches prayer. There's nothing I go through that prayer won't help. Nothing I go to that is not affected by that prayer that's fitted.
to produce an effect. You don't have to pray like a pastor or a preacher. You just have to be able to say words. I probably shared this story with you just as it's one off the top of my head. But it was a remarkable thing God did. And he didn't do it because I was anything special. But I was unemployed. My job had shut down and, and just quit. And I, I just bought a new car and I needed to make some payments. Or a payment. And I, I didn't have a, a, a chance. There was nothing hanging out there. There was no, nobody that had said, maybe this, maybe this happens, maybe. There's no one. No one. I, I, just, I was just talking to God about it. I think I was about 19 years old. And I went into the room with the phones that have the cords. Some of you don't know those, what I'm talking about. But we had the old-fashioned phone, not on the wall. It's the kind that just sits in my mother's room. Long cord, I took it into my room. And I just sat down on the floor. And I set the phone there because I needed that phone to ring. I didn't know who would call, but I needed that phone to ring. And I laid down on the floor with my face in the carpet. And I said, God, I'm faithful to you. I pay tithes and offerings. Shouldn't that entitle me to you taking care of me? So God, I'm asking. I don't know what my exact words were, but that was, the, that was my cliff notes. It was, all right, you got me in on this thing, so let's see what you can do. I said, Lord, please, please, God, give me a job. I just need a job. And I just cried out to the Lord and asked him. And it wasn't a long prayer. Just a few minutes, the phone rang. And I said, hello. And the next words were, are you ready to go to work? It was as if he, I thought the next words would be, this is the Lord. <laughs> but it was a human man. Are you ready to go to work? I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'm ready. Inside, I'm going, yes, I got a miracle. It wasn't just an answer. That was a miracle. I took the phone in there, and God honored that act of faith, and he touched somebody to call me and say, get that kid on the line and hire him, and I got a job. It wasn't that job that was the big deal. It was probably $4.50 an hour or something. But... It was when it happened and how it happened that today I stand on that because it launched many other things that God is able to do. I asked God this week, I said, Lord, I feel very, very led to pray this, to preach this sermon, but I know where I'm going to preach it. And I felt after God, I, I wanted to preach something that would help the heat hurt and something healing and I have lived long enough to understand what's not and what is and and this is what the Lord gave me so I want to tell you today it, you don't have to have a resume for God to answer your prayers matter of fact you may have a resume that convinces you that he won't answer my prayers don't believe that you could deny, deny his existence this weekend, but God can answer your prayer if you have faith right now. 
He can fill anyone here with the Holy Ghost. You might have denied his existence, but if you say right now, Lord, I was wrong, forgive me. He knows everybody makes mistakes. Some people make mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. That's all right. He's waiting for that one person to say, forgive me, God. Forgive me, Lord. I'm hearing you right now, God. Forgive me and draw me into your plan in Jesus' name. That's what God is willing to do today. Amen. I think God would like for us to find a place to pray. Amen. Brother Boyd. Praise God. Why don't we worship the Lord? If you want to step out of your seat today, you're more than welcome. Make an altar where you stand. Amen. Wherever you choose. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.